COVID, COVID, COVID. These people just won't let it go. The Biden administration has decided to bypass the Supreme Court's ruling on student loan handouts. Uh, so, so much for uh, rule of law. And that damn constitution keeps getting allowing Christians to practice their faith. Go figure. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, we don't have any dumbasses of the day. It's a pretty much a shocker. I don't know what happened. I guess people got smart for 24 hours and decided not to post stupid shit on the uh, internet. Or it could be the calm before the storm. Let's not forget that tonight is the Republican primary debate. So I guarantee you we're probably going to have a lot of dumbasses of the day tomorrow. Um, since I don't want to make this into a huge political show, probably not a lot of it. I'm sure I'll just hit some of the higher points. Uh, if we were, if I were to take money on who's going to say the stupid crap, it's going to be Chris Christie. I would guarantee he's going to say something outrageous just because he's from New Jersey and he's kind of dumb. So I believe he'll probably say something stupid. Uh, again, the person who will be said is saying a lot of stupid things will be Ron DeSantis. I think he's going to be completely demonized in this debate by the media, maybe by the other um, candidates. I don't know. We'll have to see. So that's on tonight. I will be watching. I probably won't talk a hell of a lot about it because Donald Trump's not there. So Donald Trump is doing a, a interview with Tucker Carlson on Twitter or X, or whatever he's calling it this week. Um, I'm sure that's going to be just nothing but softball questions. You know that Tucker is a huge Trump supporter. Um, he should be on the debate. I, it's going to be one. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the polls after this debate. If somebody gets a bump up and Trump maybe gets a bump down, I personally think he should be doing the debate. I understand why he's not. I mean, he's up by 40 points. There's no reason for him to do it, but it's still, it still seems to me that, you know, if you really give a damn about the American people and really want your message to be sent out there, yeah, probably do this debate. So I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, we may be watching the only debate we're ever going to see, right? Because if Joe Biden runs, which I don't think he will, but if he does, he's not debating anybody. The guy can't. I mean, unless they hook up one of those computers that talks for him, there's no way that he's going to debate. And um, Trump won't debate any of the primary people. So I, I think we're, we may be looking at one of the last two debates before 2024, which would be rather pathetic. Okay. And not to mention, Trump actually hurts himself by not participating in this, this debate, because if he does become the nominee... And he does go against Joe Biden. And there is a debate scheduled or debate attempted. Joe Biden can say, you didn't debate. Why should I? And, you know, then Joe, I, I don't, again, I don't think Joe is running. I think Joe is out. So we'll have to see what's going to happen um, by January. Just the rest of this year is going to be very interesting politically as far as the election is concerned. Well, it's coming back again. Let's get to our news stories, but let's get to our uh, stories. So it's coming back again. Um, Freaking COVID. So there's been an uptick of COVID. Uh, 
Now, this is not Omicron or Delta or Alpha or any of the Beta or any of those versions of... This is a brand new strain, which, by the way, is how viruses work. When a virus is beaten out of the population, the virus creates a new strain. And people catch that strain, and then that strain becomes overwrought and can't survive, so then another strain is created. In other words, COVID's not going anywhere. We're going to be talking about COVID, SARS-2, for the rest of our lives. All right, well, there's an uptick in this new version. Now, I do believe there's an uptick, and I'll tell you why I believe it. It's because my entire family's gotten it. Everyone in the family has gotten covid Again. And by the way, this isn't the first time they had COVID. These, everyone that's had COVID has had COVID for, has had COVID before. We've even tested because Josie can't work if she hasn't. And, you know, we've been negative so far, but I wouldn't be shocked if we ended up positive. And guess what happened? Yeah, no one died. Everyone who caught COVID, yeah, it was a cold. Two days later, they're, they're at the parties. But, you know, that doesn't stop people from really beating on the 2020 drum, which is exactly what they're doing. So Rutgers University has divided, decided they're going to disenroll people who are, who are not vaccinated because of COVID. Now, the question you've got to be asking yourself, well, if COVID is spreading like wildfire to the point that um, you guys are requiring, you know, 75 vaccinations... Can't you can't that be kind of a, a reasonable belief reasonable lead you to a reasonable belief that maybe the vi- the vaccine doesn't work all that great or maybe this vaccine is not going to work with this version of covid or maybe the kids the 20-year-old kids that are catching covid are not actually getting really sick because of COVID, no, we don't. We don't talk. We're not allowed to talk. Matter of fact, if this was on YouTube, it would be banned still, which is why you don't see the podcast on YouTube. So, Rutgers is doing this. There are a couple of other smaller colleges that are requiring vaccinations, and then there are a couple of smaller colleges that are pulling in the mass mandates. Now, what kind of BS is that? There's talk now that stores are going to be required for mask mandates. I wouldn't be shocked if California, within the month, has actually reestablished mask mandates again. I this, this is probably going to happen. You know what? No. I'm done with it. We're done with the mask mandates. They didn't work before. They're not going to work now. You guys lied to us about these mask mandates. And I think everyone is pretty much done with this masking thing. But the the powers that be, they keep just jumping to the same well. And I, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to see. I mean, you, you're having a lot of people. It's a, it is viral on social media right now. Basically, everyone's saying, I'm not doing this. Uh, we're not doing this again. And I don't blame them. I think we've got, there's got to be a point we just say, okay, enough's enough. Especially from the fact that they've lied so much. Okay, so Joe Biden took a pretty heavy defeat earlier this year, and it involves his um, it involves his student loan handouts. You know, the one that would have cost between four hundred billion and a trillion dollars. As Supreme Court knocked that down as unconstitutional, correctly so. Well, you know, 
Democrats, they scream about the rule of law and no one's above the law unless it points to them. And then they go around the law. So according to Fox News, and this happened on Tuesday, and this, of course, wasn't reported because of Maui. Um, I guarantee you this is going to be another Supreme Court. This is going to be another Supreme Court uh, fight. President Biden administration is officially rolling out the SAVE plan on Tuesday. Its latest attempt to grant student debt relief after Biden's more than wide-reaching plan failed before the Supreme Court. Biden announced the plan alongside Education Secretary Miguel Cardona and other members of the administration on Tuesday. Under the SAVE plan, borrowers making roughly $15 an hour will not have to make payments, any payments, while other earning, others earning above that amount will save at least $1,000 a year in comparison to other income-driven repayment plans. Quote, as long as you pay what you owe under this plan, you'll no longer see your loan balance grow because of unpaid interest. Under the SAVE plan, monthly payments are based on your income, not your student loan balance, Biden's, end quote. Biden said in remarks recorded on a video released by the White House. The save plan, quote, the save plan is another huge step forward in President Biden's tireless efforts to fix a broken student loan system, reduce the burden of student debt on working families, and put borrowers first, Cardona, end quote, Cardona said in a statement. Here's what really trips me out about this whole stuff. Um, if the broken system isn't working, fix the system. You're not fixing the system. You're putting a Band-Aid so that people don't have to deal with the broken system. The broken system involves the colleges themselves overcharging for their education and under un, under and underperforming. So a student goes in there, gets a gender studies degree, spends $200,000, and that's all of this is an exaggeration, but spends $200,000 on their education and then can't get a job. Or get a job as a teacher for $30,000 a year. To me, that says that you are overcharging for what you're promising. Which, by the way, I thought was illegal. And they should go after that system. Instead of sitting back and saying, well, we'll just... Instead of going after that system. Which, by the way, we really don't want to because most of our donors come from that system. They decide to... Uh, go in and just make it easier for you by stealing money from working class people. Because that's where it comes to. This is all from taxes. And and the fact that, and, and nothing really is solved here. A little bit is solved here in from the Supreme Court decision where before, I mean, Biden wanted to wipe out $10,000, $20,000 in debt. Now what they're doing is they're just putting a freeze on the interest, which I think is not a bad thing. Except that um, that kid actually signed a contract and that kid was 18 years old. So that kid signed a contract to pay that interest. So again, it still brings up the big the paradox of, well, if they don't have to pay interest for a contract they signed, I shouldn't have to pay any interest on my house and I shouldn't have to pay any interest on my car. So that doesn't really solve anything. And then it still doesn't solve the fact that, okay, that $1,000 a year you're going to pay, where's that coming from? That's coming from people who didn't go to college because they couldn't afford it. 
So needless to say, this actually does not solve everything. This doesn't solve much of anything. And I, I, I have a feeling if you follow the slippery slope arguments here, that this is going to be made worse, that somehow this is going to end up, okay, you owe $200,000 for that gender studies degree. Well, we're going to modify the law a little bit so that, um, I mean, Republicans shouldn't go for this. They really shouldn't go for this because this just reeks of corruption. This just reeks of, well, we'll start doing this and then we'll go in a different direction and start adding to it. I, it will, we'll expand it. We'll make it bigger. Yeah, don't do this. It's it's a garbage plan. And it, by the way, you know how you know it's a garbage plan? Joe Biden did it. And he doesn't know. he. Everything he does turns to shit. He's just a, a miserable president. Well, Christianity and religion have gotten some good news today. Um, and, you know, I got to tell you, the Supreme, the, the Constitution is really becoming a real pain in the ass for the left. So, according to Fox News, a federal district court ruled Monday in favor of a Michigan fruit farmer who was ousted from a local farmer's market after he said he wouldn't host same-sex weddings at his farm. The decision may signal the end of what has been a six-year legal battle. Steve Tennis, owner of County Country Mills Farms, sued East Lansing in 2017 after local local officials chose to exclu- after officials chose to exclude him from the city's farmers market. Tennis, a devout Catholic, apparently was targeted by city officials after saying on Facebook that he follows the Catholic Church Church's teachings about marriage, including when he participates in weddings at his family farm. On Monday, U.S. District Court judge for the Western District of Michigan ruled that Tennis and his family were improperly, quote, forced to choose between following their religious beliefs and the government benefit for which they were otherwise qualified. So again, this, this guy is a Christian, is a Catholic, and he says on Facebook he wouldn't allow a same-sex wedding on his farm. Well, here's the thing. This violates... A few things. First off, he he should free speech definitely, a freedom of religion definitely, no question. Freedom of association. This guy doesn't need to deal with homosexuals or trans people or anything like that. That's part of his right, and he doesn't have to deal with them on his property. His property is his property. He can associate with anyone he wants on his property. So this violates three tenets within the within the First Amendment, which I wish the, the judge would bring this up. It's not just freedom of speech. It's not just freedom of religion. It's freedom of association. And then a freedom of association to do what he wants on his property that he feels. And of course, the other thing that really bothers me is he said this in a Facebook post. And the government, oh, he saw they saw what he said on his Facebook page, and then they went after him. My God, I mean, yes, it's freedom of it's freedom of speech. That's true, but I mean, do these guys do nothing but sit back and watch whatever you say on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok? Of course they do. Which is why 
you, you know, it's almost like get rid of all these things. They're terrible. So continuing, the court in East Lansing, uh, Michigan, violated tennis free exercise of rights, free exercise rights, protection in the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment. Quote, the reason is simple. Denying a person an equal share of rights, benefits, and privileges enjoyed by other citizens because of their faith discourages religious activity, the ruling states. So this is a good thing. I mean, a lot of people might say, oh, well, I can't partake. Well, the problem is this guy actually makes money at these farmer's markets. These farmer's markets, and what it, it mentions later in the article is that East Lansing doesn't even have jurisdiction over this farmer's market. This farmer's market is located in a town outside of East Lansing. So this could have, this judge was brave. He could have just sat there and said, uh, East Lansing has no say and not even touched the Constitution. He didn't. He said this is a, a violation of the First Amendment. And again, it's a violation in a lot of different ways. So, you know, good for them. And this is what we're going to have to do is continue to fight but one of the things we're also going to have to do is get freaking Republicans and conservatives, not even Republicans, because there are a lot of Republicans I wouldn't want to see as president, but get conservatives into the White House so that we can have these judges thrown in that, that will actually read the Constitution. So good for them. All right. Here's another lawsuit that will be coming to a town near you. And this is so insane. I, I'm basically almost reading the entire article because this, this is so insane. And by the way, this is one of the things that conservatives and the left will never get along with. This is something that there can be no middle ground. Okay, so according to Fox News, a Maine hospital executive involved in diversity, equity, and inclusion hosted an anti-racist prayer service that had a group of white people apologize for their internalized racism as white people, according to the video reviewed by Fox News Di Digital. Ryan Polly is a vice president of DEI at Maine Health, a hospital system of over 20,000 employees. He has said the hospitals cater to overwhelmingly white patients, which is reflected by the local demographics. So in other words, yes, there are a lot of white people in Maine. So a lot of people go to this health center. Seems to make sense. Of course, this guy sees it as racist, of course. Polly refers to himself as a, quote, minister, end quote, of a group called One Spirit. According to a video reviewed by Fox News Digital, which has since been scrubbed, of course, Polly has shown teaching attendees how to be practitioners of anti-racism through a prayer that he dedicated to, quote, loving spirits who are known by many names. The DEI's leader's ideology is steeped with critical race theory. He said during the prayer services that he himself maintains racist narratives and biases and attributed those to his skin color. Listen, you know, you know who are the racists in the world? The ones that say they're racist. Now understand something with anti-racism. Anti-racism basically says all white people are racist. So in order to be an anti-racist, you must admit as a white person that you're racist. If you're a white person and you do not admit you're racist, you say you're not a racist, you are proving that you're a racist by saying that you're not a racist. Circular, circular argument, circular logic. In other words, you're a racist one way or the other. This is what this guy believes. So he is basically saying, I am a racist. 
I have racist narratives, I have racist biases, and it's all because I'm white. Which, by the way, is racist. So he's absolutely correct. Do you see how do you see how twisted this entire ideology is and why there's no middle ground? I mean, this you have to be a racist to belong to this ideology. Continuing with this, quote, only then can we become equipped to challenge the systems that have been designed to give us advantage and oppress everyone else, end quote, he said about a becoming an anti-racist practitioner. Quote, as the head of diversity, equity, and inclusion at a major health system, I think frequently about my role as a white person first and as diversity leader second. I think about the responsibility I have to continue the deep and deep internal work of understanding my own racist narrative and biases, Polly said. I think about the privilege of my whiteness affords me and the choices whiteness allows me to have. My whiteness keeps me safe, keeps me and my family safe. I mean, how pathetic is it that you've got this guy who's actually running a company, a department in a company that where he says he's a racist and he doesn't get fired. And you actually go out in the world and believe this. I tell you what, go out in the real world and believe, you know what else would keep you safe? A gun. Because I got news to you, the world isn't safe for white people. And not anymore. It used to be. It's not anymore. It used to be safe for everybody. Mainland Health, def- Main Health defended Polly, stating, quote, our community diversity, equity, and inclusion stems from our organizational values, mission, and vision. This work strengthens our connections with patients and ultimately helps us to, to deliver high-quality care, consistent with our value of respect and our role as an institution of learning. learning. We welcome and encourage divergent viewpoints and dialogue among our patients and our care team. Wait a minute. How can you sit back and honestly say you are there to perform great service when most of the people you are servicing you hate. You're calling racist. How is that how is that a thing? Would you want to go to a guy who sits there and says white people are racist and you're white? Why would you why would you even believe this? It's just an incredible lack of knowing. I yeah, you can't if if you think I'm a racist, why would you respect me? If you think I'm a racist, why would you deliver high-quality health care? Wouldn't it be better if I died? Continuing, however, Polly's views on DEI contain outright stereotyping of people on the basis of being white, claiming that they are conditioned to be ra- racist and oppressive. Which, by the way, for example, Polly said that white people acquire ignorance, biases, and racist thoughts on the basis of their belonging to a life of whiteness. Quote, This evening has been designed with white people in mind not to take the stage. We have plenty of places to take the stage, he said, starting off the prayer. We need to begin the work of to join the fight. We need to ensure that. Do the work to challenge our ignorance, our biases, and racist thoughts that we've acquired through the life of whiteness. In a portion of the prayer in a portion of the prayer focus on dismantling the system. Polly encouraged the white people attending to feel uncomfortable with the messages. I wouldn't feel uncomfortable with the messages. I'd be just pissed. How freaking dare this guy 
sit back and tell me. And then he's running the DEI program, which means he's part of HR. He's running his entire department based off the premise that all white people, the second you walk in, you're a racist, you're a victim, and you should be made to feel uncomfortable. What if they did this to black people? And we know they did at one time. Would that be okay? Of course not. The black person would sue and make money. Well, let, let's, get, let's get this straight. Let's get this straight. There will be lawsuits here. The wrong white person is going to get offended. The wrong white person is going to feel uh, is going to feel uncomfortable. And that person, and when I say wrong white person, I mean right white person, that person's gonna take gonna sue. This is going to happen. By the way, this is the eventual demise of uh, this is the eventual demise of DEI. Is that what they do violates not only the Constitution, not only morality and ethics, but it actually violates violates most company policies. I can't treat black people this way. But DEI forces you to treat white people that way. I can't treat black people by the color of their skin. But you're forced to treat white people based on the color of their skin? That's a big problem. Here's one of his little prayers. And by the way, this just shows you all critical race theory, critical gender theory. These ideologies, they are religions. Well, I kind of skipped past that point. And this is important. This is a religion. This is a pastor. He sell it, he says this stuff during his homilies. This is a religion. Which makes it harder for companies because now they're saying this guy can sit back and say you're violating my First Amendment. Well, you're not violating. You can celebrate this crap. Just do it outside the company. So Maine Health is looking at a is looking at a lawsuit. It will happen. So this is part of his prayer, just to show you this kind of thing. Let us develop the. This is what he says. Let us develop the courage to dive into deeply experienced discomfort. Let's sit in it, knowing that answers come not from our own conscious thinking because of that thinking is shaped by racist constructs. The answers lie deep. Let us leave the tenacity to become anti-racist and continue the fight, even on the days when we could simply choose not to. Amen. Yeah, F you. Someone sue this guy. Sue this company because this guy is nuts. By the way, a bunch of executives at Maine Health has said, this guy's unhinged. Then why are you keeping him there? He's going to bring a lawsuit to your company. This is unhinged. This is hate. This is, this is the white supremacy which actually is black supremacy in this case. This is the supremacy you guys keep talking about. Guys like this keep talking. Leftists keep talking about white supremacy is all over the place. They're pushing black supremacy. They're the ones pushing the hate. And by the way, they're burning, they're burning schools. They're burning churches. They're burning abortion. These guys are actually going out and causing the same type of hate crimes that the left keeps accusing the right of doing. 
All right. Let's see. What's our next story? Okay. You know, I've got a, I've got a thing with this story. I I think it's a, it's a good. I think it's a nice story. I think it's an overreach. I think there's some serious ethical problems here. But this is the kind of story that you're not going to be able to put the genie back in the bottle. And this is going to lead to some bad things. The slippery slope here is really slippery. So according to the New York Post, surgeons have performed the United Kingdom's first womb transplant, signaling a new future of childbirth. Yay! A 34-year-old woman received a womb from her 40-year-old sister who has two children of her own. The recipient's recipient was incredibly happy and over the moon following the nine-hour operation. Isabel Kinora Kingroga, a consultant surgeon at the Oxford Transplant Center, told The Guardian. The woman who is woman who is married plans to try and have two children with IVF using the five embryos she had frozen. She has was born with a rare condition that left her womb underdeveloped. Okay. I, I, I see really huge, huge problems with this. This is man playing God. And I think this is part of the ethical problem we have. And by the way, IVF, I, I, I think, is this, it has the same ethical issues. Man is playing God. Man is changing nature. This woman, for whatever reason, cannot have children. And now she's got to pay someone to give her a brand new womb, and then she's got to pay someone for IVF to have children. Maybe there is a reason she can't have children. Maybe we should just let nature do its thing. Okay, now notice I'm not saying God. I'm saying nature has decided that this gal shouldn't have children. And maybe there's going to be problems if she actually does have children. Maybe there's going to be a problem with the children. I am not a fan of this. And we haven't even gotten to the slippery slope yet. I really don't think this is a good idea to start making people do something that nature said they shouldn't be doing. I think this also makes children into a commodity. This gal probably spent $100,000, $200,000 getting this womb transplant. And then she's going to spend $10,000 a shot to through IVF, in vitro fertilization, to have a baby. This baby is, it seems to me, you're buying a baby. I, I just don't really, I really do have problems with this. You know, there used to be a time when you couldn't have children. People would just adopt and I know there are a lot of children out there up for adoption. Why doesn't she do that? Maybe you just can't have your own children. It's a terrible thing. It's terrible, but you can have a fulfilling life by just adopting a child. Now, let's get to the slippery slope problem. Because I do have a problem with this. It's the same problem I have with abortion, by the way. Abortion is the same thing. Abortion treats a child as an object. This is the same thing. You're treating a child as an object. You're trying to create a child. You're treating. You're not doing it naturally. You're creating. You're, you're treating a child as an object. I don't agree with that. I, I'm sorry. I just don't. Now we get to the slippery slope. How long is it going to be before a man has one of these? 
Now, granted, with a man, guess what's going to end up happening? Yeah, that, that womb is going to be rejected. The male body doesn't know what to even do with it. And by the way, yeah, men can't be women. The womb for this woman might not be rejected because she's a woman. And obviously there are DNA uh, advantages here. You know, she got it from her sister. A man? Yeah, no. You in introduce a womb to a man, that man is going to reject that womb. That body doesn't know how to deal with it. Even if you can pump all the hormones in the world into a man, he's still a man. And you, the body's just going to say, I don't know what this is, and drop it. So wait for that to happen. Not to mention, you know, a womb isn't everything. You also need, like, I don't know, fallopian tubes. You need ovaries. You need a uterus. You need a um, uh, whatever it's called, a birth canal. You need a lot of things. Also, someone people forget this. You also need pain tolerance. Men don't have the pain tolerance of women. Sorry, that is a cold hard fact. There's a women, there's a reason why women can have children and men cannot. They can handle the pain. Men cannot handle that kind of pain. And then we also forgot little things like I don't know, the, the pelvis. Are you going to replace the pelvis? Women have pelvises that move in ways that men's pelvises don't move. Women have pelvises that are larger than men's pelvises. So what are you going to do with a man? Basically cut the baby out. That's essentially what it is. So you just wait. This is a slippery slope moment. I don't think this is something to celebrate. I don't. I don't think this is a good thing. I don't think it's any, it's any better than, let's say... Um, uh, uh, gene editing, gene splicing, DNA editing. I, I don't like any of that either. It's again, human life. It's not a, it's not something real. It's not something special. It's not something independent of how we feel and what we want. Human life is a commodity. That's why abortion is so big. That's why children today can sterilize themselves and cut off their genitalia because, you know, you're just, you're a thing. You can do what you want. Okay, well, here's in this next story. And you know something, this story kind of amazes me because basically we have a name for this except it just makes it easier. And it's called Hooker. And it just shows you that, you know, you don't have to have sex to be a hooker. You just need a camera on your computer to be a hooker. So, I, I, this this just amazes me. Let's listen to this. It just, yeah, I'll, I'll read the story. This is from the New York Post. She'll love, honor, and obey as long as you're willing to pay. For a cool $30,000, a bosomy brunette is assuming the position of surrogate wife, selling herself out to married men, seeking virtual companionship from a woman who will gladly fulfill their most primitive pleasures like no other woman willingly would. Quote, I do tasks that average wise often prefer to avoid, like watching a football match on television without complaining, she bragged, bragged bombshell Bambi, there's a Babi Palamas, 24 from Sao Paulo, Brazil. As a surrogate wife who only offers saucy services digitally, Palamas, a digital creator, 
with more than 111,000 Instagram followers, happily caters to the emotional needs of her woefully wedded patrons when they purchase either a 12 or 24 hour package. Quote, with one client, I made dinner while I accompanied him on a call and we watched movies together. End quote, the social media siren told Jam Press, adding that she never goes to customers' homes. Quote, we then watch a football match, among other little things. End quote. Palamas, who also, of course, has an OnlyFans account, said her remote presence means the world to her otherwise hapless habitats. Habitat, I, I can't pronounce that. Quote, these men open up to me about their lives, the video Vixen revealed. In these conversations, I realize that many of the men who are married and have families feel lonely. Okay. You know, for guys that are like this, that are going to cheat like this, this is cheating. This is cheating. Don't tell me this broad isn't taking off her shirt, taking off her pants, showing her butthole. We know she's doing all this stuff. This is prostitution. This has gone from porn, which is what she's doing on OnlyFans, to prostitution, which she's doing on OnlyFans. Except she doesn't have to have the doesn't have to go through the dirty route. It's still dirty. It's still disgusting. It's still immoral. It, it, it's so, seedy. It's really kind of disgusting. And she's making. $30,000, you figure fifteen dollars to $30,000 is what she's making. She's making a lot of money on this. And what's scary is she's making money on this. There are actual degenerates that are out there paying for this. They may be rich degenerates. They may not be rich degenerates. There may be guys that are paying for this. They can't afford it. Simply because they're unhappy. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this isn't an overall view. This doesn't work all the time, but I bet you a dollar if you talk to your wife about how you're feeling, the chances are she would probably do some things to make your marriage work. And if she doesn't, if she's one of these harpies, these feminist harpies, which I think a lot of this, we'll talk about masculinity tomorrow because masculinity is a thing. If she's one of these degenerate, feminist harpies that will not cooperate and is overbearing in the relationship. By the way, no man should be overbearing either. A woman should not be overbearing. Neither should the man. But if she's one of these people that is overbearing in the relationship, it may be time to end a relationship. Okay. Now, I'm not a huge fan of divorce or anything like that. I hate divorce. But here's something really bizarre. And I've done this. Josie and I, if I'm unsatisfied with something, I'll tell her. If she's unsatisfied with something, she'll tell me. And she has, and I have. That's our relationship. That's what makes our relate. That's why we've been together 10 years. Because we talk. We still, to this day, will sit and talk to each other and talk about things that piss me off, about her or outside the world. She'll talk to me about what pisses her off, about her, about me, or outside the world. Sometimes we'll actually talk about, you know, I'm so tired of you being pissed off at me. And she'll begin to realize it. 
or I'll begin to realize it. This is communication. This is why you get married in the first place. Sometimes that communication is there, sometimes it's not. And then maybe it's time to look at ending the relationship. You never do that easily. Josie, I will never end the relationship with. I didn't end the relationship with my ex-wife. My ex-wife did. I wasn't prepared. I'm, I'm glad I did. I mean, I was miserable under her. I didn't realize that until she went away. But that was a, an example of an overbearing wife. And there was nothing that was going to be done but to end a relationship. But then the, to spend money doing something sick like this as the man. I think she's sick because she's being used as an object and she knows it and she's good with it. So she's a degenerate. But the guys who pay her, I got to tell you, they're worse. And it's time to grow the frick up and deal with your own relationships. I, I, you can tell this, this story really bothered me. I know the New York Post, which has a tendency of basically bringing up just silly stories. And then they make fun of those silly stories. You saw that in the first line. I, I don't think this is a silly story only because this is actually happening in our society. Not just in England, not just in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I mean, the fact that OnlyFans is such a popular website really tells you something. Okay, I hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Let's talk about men tomorrow and masculinity. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, God bless. Love you all. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.